to the Story Walk, a podcast by storytellers for storytellers. And we hope that means you. Whether you identify as a storyteller with a capital S or if you just like to tell stories in your work, say as a teacher, librarian, counselor or a community leader. And not forgetting, if you're a parent or a grandparent looking to share stories and values with your family, and since the story walk is presented by feast the federation of asian storytellers our focus is on sharing asian stories celebrating tellers from the philippines in the east to turkey in the west and countless storytelling communities that lie in between Welcome to episode 5 of Story Walk season 2. I'm Dharanya Srinivasan from India, your host for this episode. And joining me as co-hosts are Prakriti Agrawal from India and Anamika Bhati from Singapore. Anamika, do you enjoy listening to music? Oh yes, I do. In fact, I enjoy music and I can't stop tapping my feet away to music. Have you heard the saying where words fail? music speaks so true i think music is like the herbs and spices you use to enhance the flavor and aroma when cooking in that case you both will enjoy our episode today as the theme is foot tapping tales we will listen to some scrumptious stories in miso dim sum and fortune cookie today there is something musical for all your ears to enjoy Not to forget the grand and perfect entree with our storytelling expert Rebecca Lemaire from Spain. You definitely don't want to miss our pantry discussion today. We have a special surprise. In our first segment which is especially for kids miso we have virginia kokino from greece to share a tibetan story with us presenting virginia 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 kokino a professional translator and a storyteller having substantial and broad experience enjoy her musical story Hi everyone. I'll tell you a story from Tibet that I heard long ago and still adore. Plop the monster. Six little rabbits came to a forest, sat by the lake and soon fell asleep. When a big fruit fell from a tree, down in the lake sounding like this. Plop The rabbits woke up and terrified not knowing what this noise could be started running as fast as they could A fox saw them fleeing and called out Why are you flying The rabbit said Plop is coming we are running plop is here what a fear Is this true 
wait for me. Next they ran into a monkey. He was eating a banana when dazzled he said, Why are you in such a hurry? Plop is coming, we are running, Plop is here, what a fear. So the monkey, the monkey got scared and joined in their flight. Next, there was a tall giraffe who was eating from a tree. When she heard the animals screaming, she stopped chewing and just asked, What is wrong? What's the rush? Plop is coming, we are running, Plop is here, what a fear. Oh my gosh, that is awful. Wait for me, wait for me. In a lake, taking his bath, a huge elephant there was. When he saw this fuss, he just wanted to ask, Are you friends? What is wrong? Why are you running so fast? Plop is coming, we are running. Plop is here, what a fear. Plop is coming? Tell me not. I'd better leave this forest now. They had no thought at all, except to fly. And the faster they ran, the more frightened they became. At the foot of the hill there lived a lion. When he caught sight of the animals running, he roared to them. What is wrong? What's going on? Plop is coming, we are running. Plop is here, what a fear. And who is Plop? Where is he? The lion demanded. We don't know, great lion. We were just... Why make such a fuss then? The lion went on. Let's find out what it is first. So, do you know who is Plop? Asked the elephant. Well, I have no clue. And what about you, giraffe? How should I know? Maybe the monkey knows. So, you monkey, do you know who is Plop? To be honest, I know nothing. Let us ask the fox. But the fox as well had to admit that. The rabbit told me. So the lion went up to the rabbit, who squeaked in chorus. Well, mighty lion, I'll tell you, Plop is here, and he's dreadful. We suppose he has teeth, long and sharp, and his eyes five they are. Not to tell you about his hands, that can catch all of us. Come with us, we'll show you where we hurt him. So the rabbits led the lion to the forest, and pointing at the lake, they said, the terrible plop is there. It was then that a big fruit fell as if he had no root. Then a deep plop was heard. And I assure you, it was observed. Now look all of you, you've all seen what that plop is, it's only the sound of a fruit dropping into the water. What is so terrifying about that? You almost run your legs off. It was then that all the animals started laughing, just the rabbits kept running. And they say that ever since, rabbits are afraid of their own shadow. Well, the story we heard tells us 
how how easy it is to panic and go along with the crowd just in case you see sometimes even if something is not true our deep belief that it's happening might lead us to a disaster Thank you Virginia for sharing that story. I have heard so many versions of this story but never this one. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. The next segment is dim sum for adults. Presenting Janaki Sabesh from India who writes, performs and lives through stories. She has a distinct style of blending narration, movement and music. Laughed by children and adults alike. So get set to welcome Chief Fun Officer at Goldboard Tales, Janaki Sabesh. In a forest somewhere in India, there lived a man called Hataman. He loved doing Hatha Yoga. Every morning, he would rise along with the sun and do a 12-step ritual called Surya Namaskar. And he would do it not once, twice or thrice, but 150 times every morning. He would also practice other asanas like Bhujangasana, Mayurasana and Sarvangasana. But in spite of all these accomplishments, he wanted to be superhuman. He wanted to fly. One day, a yogi overheard Hataman muttering that he wanted superpowers. Mmm, I know somebody who will give you these superpowers, he said, with a twinkle in his eye. What? Who? Where? shouted Hataman. High up in the mountains of Tibet, there are men and women with extraordinary powers. So go, go there and you will get your superpowers. Hataman was so excited, he immediately set off on a journey. He walked and he walked until finally he reached the majestic mountains. Hidden between its ice-capped peaks was the monastery. He swaggered up to the monastery and stood there. Exquisite silk tankas or paintings hung on the monastery walls and the air was heavy with incense and the sound of cymbals, drums and chanting. But Hataman didn't notice any of it. His mind had only one thought, getting superpowers. As he came across a door, a monk signalled Hataman to enter. Hataman entered and demanded, are you the teacher? The monk said with a soft smile. Sit child, I hear you have travelled a great distance in search of superpowers. But why don't you learn meditation that can completely transform your life? Hataman was irritated. Now look here Mr. Monk sir. I come from a land of yogis and siddhas who know much more than you about meditation. There is only one thing I have come all the way here for. Superpowers. The monk was still smiling gently. Sure, sure. Let's get started then. But the monk stopped Hataman. No, 
not today come to me after taking a bath in the river that flows by the monastery tomorrow morning the next morning an overly excited hataman sprang out of the bed and took a bath in the icy cold waters of the brahmaputra i'm all ready for the magic superpowers he declared to the monk bring your ear close to my mouth whispered the monk i will tell you a secret mantra you will have to sit by the river and chant it three times and then all the powers of the world will be yours that's it yes that's it the old monk leaned over and in a voice that was barely a whisper said the magic words of the chant बुद्धम शरणम गच्छामि दम्मम शरणम गच्छामि संगम शरणम गच्छामि without even a hint of a thank you hataman quickly learned the mantra and turned to go wait said the monk stopping hataman there is just one condition while you chant the mantra you must be careful not to think of monkeys because even one single monkey thought will turn this mantra ineffective monkeys monkeys <laughs> why would i ever think of monkeys when i hate them in the first place that may well be but if you think of monkeys even a single one you will have to bathe again in the river and rechant the mantra explained the monk looking slightly confused hataman ran from the monk's home and took a plunge into the icy river he got out of the river settled under a tree and began to chant बुद्धम शरणम गच्छामि धम्मम शरणम गच्छामि संगम शरणम गच्छामि ही कुंड बिलीव दैट इट वाज सो सिंपल आई होप दे आर नॉट मेकिंग अ मंकी आउट ऑफ मी ही थॉट एंड जस्ट लाइक दैट स्नैप द पिक्चर ऑफ अ सिंगल मंकी पॉप्ड इनटू हटमैन्स माइंड ओ नो Remembering the monk's warning, Hataman shot up and jumped straight into the freezing river. Coming back to the tree, he repeated the mantra: Buddham Sharanam Gachami, Dhamam Sharanam Gachami. Only this time, instead of one monkey, there were three monkeys running around. Back and forth, Hataman went into the icy waters, trying desperately to chant the mantra. Before he knew, there was a whole colony of monkeys going wild. One was pulling his ears, the other pulling his hair, and another tearing out his beard. Shoo, shoo, go away! He cried. Whatever he did, the monkeys only seemed to multiply. Finally. at his wits end hataman ran back to the monk please please take away these monkeys he begged but what about your super powers questioned the monk no i don't want them any more the only thing i want is for these monkeys to go away my friend open your eyes and see 
there are no monkeys it is all in your head the day you can chant the mantra without thinking of a single monkey you will conquer the world but ataman didn't want to conquer the world he quickly took leave of the monk and scrambled back home back to his comfortable life of surya namaskar but every once in a while when hataman closes his eyes and tries to utter the mantra the monkeys visit him hataman had a plan to be superman but he ran monkeys in his mind put him in a bind monkeys in his mind put him in a bind hataman had a plan to be superman but he ran monkeys in his mind <laughs> put him in a bind monkeys in his mind put him in a bind that was the story of super hataman written by kaushik vishwanath illustrated by chetan sharma and published by kara details thank you janki sabesh that was a wonderful story and i am going to try the super power mantra today only and see if i don't think of monkeys moving on to our next segment is the story where we have been bringing in experts from around the world and interviewing them so far they advised us on how to find a story to tell map it how to step into your story and bring it to life with giggles today we have with us rebecca lemaire who will share her expertise on how to use music in our stories rebecca 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 lemaire is an international trainer and storyteller she gives storytelling workshops and trainings online in person in groups or one to one she also works with stories to help in healing One of Rebecca's specialty is to use sound and music to support her stories. More information about Rebecca Lemaire is here www.rebeccalemaire.com. Welcome Rebecca to our expert segment is the story and this time the topic is very much resounding to our theme foot tapping tales uh we are going to discuss how to choreograph your story and add sound effects and music to your storytelling thank you so much for having me so tell me rebecca is rhythm sound musical elements are really important for storytelling sound and music takes us back to our origin and it goes really deep within us and so i feel that um that's one of the reasons why i would say that i use sound and music because it can touch people maybe in a different way than the words of the story that there's a famous um 
uh, kind of legend that God wanted the souls to enter the human bodies and, and that he had created. And the souls were like, no, no, I'm not getting into that prison. And so God ordered the angels to play music and then all the souls went into the bodies. So the idea is that the music really has a power over and touches our soul. Through music, our souls can still fly, maybe. That is really beautiful, Rebecca. And uh, to elaborate further, could you give us a few examples of how you use music in your storytelling? So, so just simply to give the mood, so you can describe things with your words, but sometimes just a few sounds can really give an atmosphere um, or, or a sense of the culture. So I was telling a Spanish story to Irish people, and then I thought, but, you know, what, what's the feel of being in a train in Spain? And very often people whip out their guitars. And then I thought, yeah, but if I just say that, you know, I just found a Spanish song. And, and, and I got everyone to do chacacha, chacacha, chacacha. And then uh, al chacacha, al compas del chacacha, del chacacha del tren. Que gusto da viajar cuando se va en express. Giving that feeling and the atmosphere of the train. Even if I, if I go into a primary school and, and I want to do a story from Cabilia, and so I just start with... Once upon a time. And, you know, as, as soon as I start playing, the kids actually kind of start you know, doing a little bit of belly dance or Arabic dance, like they get it immediately. Or even when the story changes in tone, so you can just put a sound. A wedding. And then I often use music for the passing of time. She was in the desert for many, many years. Many moons passed. especially for kids but even for adults the the rhyme and rhythms they can be like earworms and they can be really catchy and memorable so that can just give that added element to your story and then we've got simply catching the attention of the audience so instruments are just brilliant for that i'll come in through the back just doing this and the kids start kind of looking up and around because they don't know where it's coming from and then I'll put it down and I'll start playing just a bit and they're just that's it in two seconds you've got them all silent with their jaws dropping down and looking at you and ready to see what else you're going to bring to them and then one more one more reason why I think it can be useful is simply to have a rest from words so if I'm doing a one hour one hour and a quarter storytelling session like, I, I don't want the audience to feel like they have to clap after each story because the whole session is kind of meditative. So I've got one about death. And so I just have a bit of music that I play in between just, just literally one minute uh, or two that's a little bit linked to the story. And so people can just digest the story without having to clap. Rhythm, which is anyway something that we do as storytellers, we want to find the pacing of our story, the rhythm. And so... Um, you know, instruments can help with that. What you said, Rebecca, is very, very important 
to find the rhythm of the story so could you explain a bit further as uh, our audience comprises of many new tellers as to how to find the rhythm or the right pace in the story um i don't know if there's any rules for that it's just like looking at the different sections getting the feeling for it and then you could i never really write it down but then if you've got a few instruments like drums or kalimbas or things and or even you know simply two sticks so closing your eyes putting yourself right in there in the story seeing it hearing it feeling it you could be talking aloud and just sort of give a beat at the same time and then you you could write down okay here and then you can try out with different instruments how you would want to and so that means that you would start maybe talking a bit faster so that'll give you it'll help you actually just to do storytelling and to give different pacings to your to your story wonderfully explained rebecca and i believe you are a music maestro because i have seen you perform in the feast fest also and you did wonderfully well with uh, the sitar and the other uh, musical instruments but generally uh, storytellers are not musicians so any tips for those who are just starting and doesn't know how to play any musical instrument but they want to use some kind of music in their story well that that's a good question because actually i mean i i have always had music in my life um but i don't consider myself a musician all i want to do is illustrate even if i sing songs and i think we've all got the music in us at some at some level and our heart is beating so we've all got the rhythm what i would suggest is i've got i've got lots of little instruments here on my on my table um so maybe i'll try to describe them so the kalimbas or the mbiras are very good because whatever you play sounds good you, you just have to sort of sit and spend some time with the instrument and play and see what comes out so when i'm looking for a tune but you don't even need a melody so when i when i do my workshops we just we'll take the story and then we'll say okay maybe what's the message or in this part instead of the character just saying this one sentence couldn't you write a little rhyme or a, a little rhythm with the words and the wind says don't you know that i am the fastest i am the strongest i am the meanest and i am the best you and don't have it. to be a musician for that you know you just and and we're all wordsmiths to a certain degree because we're using words to tell our stories and even for adults you can just have one sentence that keeps coming back and that already gives a rhythm like brilliant rebecca so now that you have opened up the suitcase of musical instruments the little ones that you have collected could you tell us a few that we can add to our own collection of musical instruments so there are lots and lots of instruments and and most of the ones that i found are pretty cheap simply the shakers the tibetan bells there's this danmoy and the kids love that and even i you know a bottle of water and you just tap on it because it's got the water and it's a metal bottle 
So, you know, all these little instruments to make sound effects, you just have to play. You have to go back and, you know, inspiration. Kids are always good. So you could just bring all these instruments to kids and see what they come up with. But it's just playing like a kid sitting with your instruments and trying different sounds and think, oh, that makes me think of this and that. These are pretty interesting. And uh, I'm sure uh, all of us who would be listening uh, would be wondering where to get uh, such musical instruments. So can you tell us? I'm sure you can find some on the internet, but I, I mean, I, I think it depends in which country you are. I, suppose. I, I just go into any random shop and if you start looking out for them, if you put in your mind that you want to find small instruments and you think, okay, I want to put sound into my stories, just, just keep your eyes open and you'll see they'll appear everywhere. This is truly inspirational, Rebecca, and I'm sure after this, all of us would be keeping our eyes and ears open for uh, musical instruments. The next question that I have is about the songs. First of all, how do we find the right song for our story? And secondly, how do we ensure that we give due credits for the song? Well, as, as you see, a lot of them I invent, um, but also internet, YouTube, asking people, you have to take the time, like with everything. So, yeah, I think it's always good to give credit. Well, it's really just like I do with storytelling, actually. You know, if you've got, if you took a story from someone and you've made it yours, well, you still credit that person. I first heard this from, or if you're going to sing a song. I think if I'm recording or putting on YouTube, I would only use traditional songs, just like I only use traditional stories. And yeah, make sure that the, I think every country has a different copyright law as well. So you have to kind of research how it works. The next thing that I wanted to ask was, does the music also change for kids as well as adults? Same like how we do for stories? It would be different. Yes, of course. I mean, I think that would come naturally. I think the music that I use for adults is usually, you know, quieter. My story, The Gingerbread Man, and I went and told it in Ladakh to to teenagers. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to tell it and see. But instead of going, hang on, let me, you can't catch me, you can't catch me, I'm too fast by you, you see. Run, run, as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm your gingerbread man. But that's kind of for the kids' version, right? And then I thought, I'm not going to sing that to the teenagers. They're just going to throw me out. And so I thought, oh, I'll turn it into a rap. And so we just did run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. (laughs) I hope that helps. I think that was a very cool idea to change the song into a rap to cater to the teenage audience. And now uh, coming to the end, I would just like to ask, Uh, If you could give some final tips for somebody who is just trying to put in music in their storytelling for the first time. Again, it's very much part of my style because I love music. I've always done music. I just use it for my storytelling as an illustration. But it doesn't have to be for everyone. You know, some people use puppets. Some people use... I think we have to be authentic and not kind of push it too much and if you have no idea about music then if you like it then just start listening. I had a teacher who would use a recording in between each story 
and our voice is already music, right? The whole story, if we've already worked on the rhythm and the pacing, the whole story is sound. So I, I would say like, play with it, but don't worry about it. Don't push it, don't overdo it, just enjoy it. The important thing to remember is not to overdo it. So it's like when you, when you act or when you make a gesture, then you don't say it, you know, that kind of rule that what you say you don't show, what you show you don't say. And so it's a bit the same in music. You might suggest something with your words and then do it on the music, or you might suggest something with the music and then just use a few more words. But it's just about making sure that the sounds support the story and not start doing too much. Beautifully explained, Rebecca. And you brought out a very important takeaway for all of us that be yourself. Even if you're not comfortable with the music, your voice itself is music to all the people who are listening to you. And with that, I would like to extend a big thank you to you, Rebecca. I don't think we would have got a better expert than you and celebrated World Music Day in a grander way than talking to you about how to include music in our storytelling. now time to move on to our pantry section. In fact, for all the budding and already established storytellers, if you are looking for a safe space to share your stories, get feedback or just want to bounce the stories for the first time, Feast provides story swaps which you should surely attend. We are having an expert coaching story swap with Christine Carton. So don't forget to register for it. And now it's finally time to have our discussion on music. I'm excited. So hurry up, producers and listeners. See you there. Hey, Prakriti, what's so special? Oh, I have an impromptu storytelling game. Do you want to try it? Sure, I'm in. Tuck, tuck, tuck. The old man walked up the hill. He walked rather slowly. Mm. Oh. At a distance, he could hear the waterfall. Shhh. Ah, this is a nice place for me to sit and have my picnic that my wife packed for me. Thinking so, the old man reached into his bag and found something inside. It was a big juicy apple and he took a bite. As he sat down and leaned against a tree, he looked up into the blue sky. He could see birds chirping around. Tweet, 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 tweet. Tweet, tweet. Suddenly, the sweet tweet-tweet sound of the birds was taken over by something else. Hiss. And then he also heard a 
ruffling of leaves. That stick was actually not a stick but a snake. <laughs> what a stupid old man I am. He laughed at himself. He was lucky to have worked as a forest ranger long enough to recognize that the snake was not poisonous. But why hold on to a snake? He threw it. It hissed as it landed on one of the tree branches. And that was the story of the old man and his little picnic adventure. Hope you all enjoyed it. Hey, that was fun. You can try this game with your friends, family. I know how important desserts are in a meal. But before we move on to our next segment, here is a sneak peek into the feast events for the month of July. If your membership is getting over, don't forget to extend your membership because you are in for a treat. Feast has renamed their webinars to Learning Capsules and you can take the discount package which offers you 10 webinars at the cost of just 7. Also, if you are interested in improv, do sign up for the Plot Luck Special Interest Group and for the young storyteller members and community members, you are really in for a banquet because there is something special, Feast Fundamentals, where you will get awesome and useful tips on storytelling by some of the Feast directors, Sheila, Roger and Jeeva. Also, do keep a watch on the new website of Feast, feaststory.org for more news and upcoming events. Wow, what an exciting lineup of events. Don't forget to register and participate in them. You can visit the Feast website for more details and for registration. Sadly, we have now reached our last segment. But every cloud has a silver lining. Or should I say dessert? And I love dessert. So here is a fortune cookie of multilingual stories segment. Rona, Rona Mantari grew as a storyteller in Indonesia. She fell in love with stories as a kid. Now her passion and vision is spreading joy through storytelling. She has a unique Indonesian style of telling stories along with her little guitar. And Nidhi Gujral, who loves telling stories that incite creativity and helps us explore our imagination. A long time ago, in the deep jungles of China, there lived a nightingale whose songs enchanted everyone who would listen to her. king of China had read and heard about the nightingale but never believed it. One day, when the king was out hunting in the woods, he heard a song and it was the sweetest sound he had ever heard. Oh, 
what a beautiful voice. I wonder who's singing that melodious song. The king set out to look for the owner of that beautiful voice. And his search ended when he spotted a rather plain looking tiny grey bird with a reddish tail perched on a branch of an oak tree. It was the nightingale. Oh dear bird, your melody brought tears to my eyes. With that talent, you deserve to be in my golden palace and not here, in this thorny jungle. Come and sing for me. I promise I will provide you all that you need for as long as you live. Sungguh? Wah, terima kasih. Itu adalah sebuah pujian yang indah. Dan tawaranmu sungguh menggiurkan. Aku mau tinggal di istana seperti yang kau sampaikan. Wonderful! You have made me a very happy man, dear bird. Tonight we shall have a grand concert. The whole palace was adorned with exquisite carved lanterns and fragrant flowers and a shiny golden rod was placed right next to the king's throne where the birds sat and sang with passion that evening and every evening from that day. Before long, she had become the most precious thing to the king and the talk of the entire kingdom. The king took great care of the bird and she enjoyed all the attention and admiration that was showered on her. But soon, she began missing her home and her freedom. Aku benar-benar beruntung punya semua yang banyak orang inginkan di dunia ini. Rumah yang indah, terbuat dari emas. Aku bisa terbang sepanjang hari. Tapi anehnya aku tetap menginginkan untuk kembali ke hutan. Terbang bebas di bawah langit biru. Bernyanyi di bahan pohon. Atau berburu makanan bersama teman-temanku. Ah, Tapi tidak, aku tidak boleh egois. Lalu meninggalkan begitu saja raja yang sudah begitu baik padaku. One day, the king received a large parcel. Inside it was a mechanical nightingale. It looked nothing like the living one because its entire body was covered with precious stones. Whenever a button was pressed, the mechanical nightingale lit up and began to sing just like the real bird. And its tail twitched. It could sing over and over again without getting tired while the real one only sang a song or two at one time. Soon, the real nightingale was forgotten and replaced by this lifeless toy. Hatiku pilu Kini aku tak lagi Dibutuhkan Kini sudah waktunya Aku untuk pergi. What? The nightingale flew away? Ha! Huh, it's her loss. Let her go. I still have my precious toy nightingale that sings me beautiful songs. The king was absolutely smitten by this new toy. 
that was placed on a silk cushion right next to his bed. One day, as the king lay down enjoying the mechanical nightingale song, it started making strange noises and suddenly wouldn't sing anymore. The king was frantic. He rushed to find the royal clockmaker, but he couldn't fix the toy. He summoned some wise noblemen, but sadly nobody knew what to do. Now with the real nightingale gone and no songs from the toy nightingale, the king became very sad and soon fell ill. The courtiers felt he might even die. Oh, my chest hurts. I can barely breathe. I know this is the end, but before I die, all I wish is to hear the sweet song of my beloved nightingale one last time. The king lay pale and stiff in his large silk bed, staring at the flying curtains of his open window. And as he closed his tired eyes to sleep, he heard something, something familiar. The king didn't want to open his eyes, thinking it was all a dream. But then the nightingale spoke. Raja, ayo bangun. Aku minta maaf sudah pergi menjauh darimu. Aku ingin... Engkau bangun dan sembuh dari sakitmu. Aku tahu engkau sakit, makanya aku datang. Ayo bangun. Oh, my precious nightingale. Thank you for coming back to save my life. Please forgive me for neglecting you for a lifeless toy. Now tell me, how can I repay you? Engkau sudah memberikan yang terbaik untukku, wahai rajaku. Bahkan... Engkaulah yang pertama kali menangis ketika mendengar suaraku, tangisan kebahagiaan, dan aku sungguh bahagia mendengar itu. Aku sangat bangga, rajaku. But you must stay with me now and never go away. And I promise I'll break the toy into a thousand pieces. Tidak, jangan, jangan lakukan itu, rajaku. Aku berterima kasih untuk semua kebaikanmu, tapi. Aku juga tidak bisa menjadikan istana ini rumahku. Karena rumahku ada di alam bebas sana. Biarkan aku datang kapanpun aku mau. Lalu aku akan menyanyikan lagu-lagu indah untukmu. Of course, dear bird. I would never keep you here without your will. Come when you want. You will always be welcome here. Tidur dan beristirahatlah, wahai rajaku. Aku akan menyanyikan lagu indah untukmu. Nightingale sang once again that night. The king fell into a sweet sleep. How refreshing that slumber was. He awoke strengthened and restored. From then on, the song of the nightingale filled the palace. Thank you, Rona and Nidhi, 
for that wonderful story. I truly enjoyed myself and I know I will always appreciate what I have and never take things for granted from now on. It's time to say farewell as we come to the end of episode 5 of Story Walk season 2. We hope we were able to bring some music into your stories and lives. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the episode. So do write to us at storywalk@gmail.com. Storywalk is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and other leading podcast platforms. Subscribe to the Storywalk and share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to follow Feast on Facebook and Instagram for the latest news and upcoming programs. This is Anamika saying goodbye on behalf of my co-producers for this episode. Prakriti and Dharanya, thank you for listening in. We hope to see you back next month to continue our journey with our next episode on a new theme and discussion. Bye.